0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Sylvia Global Radio. You're listening to Devoted Moms with Tasha and Regina, an hour of engaging conversation for women who embrace the career of being a full-time mom.
1: Hello, Devoted Moms out there. Good morning and good afternoon wherever you are around the world. This is Tasha. Hey, Regina. Hey, Tasha. Hey, Devoted Moms. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. I love Thursdays. I get to talk to my best friend and have a great conversation, and everybody gets to join in if they'd like. That's kind of (laughs) cool. I know, but I was (laughs) lucky the other day. We, um, you know, Devoted Moms, it's almost like we started having Thursdays, the day that we know that we'll connect. Um, But I think it was Monday that I was just, like, really missing Tasha and needing to catch her up on just life. And so what we did was we had coffee together. Um, And for Mm -hmm. those who are new to Devoted Moms, Tasha is in Georgia, and I am in Maryland. And so we both poured our cups of coffee, and I was lucky enough that I also had banana nut bread. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I told you about that. I didn't want to um, cause, uh, you know, breakfast envy or anything. Right. (laughs) But it was homemade, and it was so good. It even had chocolate chips in it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we're really excited. Um, last show, we really um, Tamika just blew us out the water with yeah, um, her her experience with being a teenage mother and then just kind of you know making it you know pressing through to be you know very successful not only as a mom but also in her career. And you know it's just really exciting to um, to have her on. I learn something new and I'm inspired every time I you know, talk with her. So <clears throat> if you all didn't yeah. mom, didn't get a chance to hear that, uh, why don't you, you know, look us up on the archives um, at Sylvia Global and maybe you can listen in because, again, it, it kind of makes, you know, your mohills look very, very small. Those mountains look very small, much smaller um, when you start to hear other people's stories. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, she she definitely came from a lot on top of, you know, becoming a mother at an early age. And so for her to to triumph over that, was was an, she just has an amazing, inspiring story. I'm so glad that she was able to um, take the time to talk to us last week. That was a very good show. Right, right, right. And I guess kind of looking, well, you know, today is our phenomenal father. Yay. My favorite yes. show topic. I know. You know, Tasha, you just um, earlier when we checked in, um, you really put it well when you said, you know, this is a great opportunity. And actually, as we were in prayer, um, to make accessible fathers that are doing not just what they're supposed to do, because um, supposed to is very subjective, sure. <laughs> um, but really, you know, going above and beyond and setting a new standard or um, really raising the bar um, right. for how involved fathers are um You know, I guess uh, in the opposite of what we see maybe Mm media-wise and, you know, and just, you know, really um, honoring them because it's very difficult. I mean, it definitely increases the challenge of being a devoted mom um, if you are struggling with, um, you know, having a father that may not be as engaged as you would like them to be for your children. So yeah. <laughs> our guests today are going to talk about, and some of uh, our guest Andrew from North Carolina, is going to talk about his experience. He is married and has three children, and um, he's going to talk about kind of, you know, how do you parent within the marriage um, and be a phenomenal father. And then William, uh, who is out of Georgia, Um, is going to talk about being a fairly um, new uh, single dad and kind of co-parenting and its challenges. And uh, William has actually a little boy and a little girl, and so he gets both genders. And so we're going to talk about uh, some of the challenges and victories um, with that composition. And then uh, we have another guest, Tasha. Yes, we have another guest, uh, Dewan, who's actually a – a fellow Tuskegee graduate um just like uh, Regina Regina and myself and um you know is one of those one of those men that that when he when he puts his his mind to something um he wants to go above and beyond um whatever mm-hmm. he touches in his career and especially um as a father he too is a newly divorced father i believe under a year and um so of course if any any devo- divorced uh, moms mm-hmm. or dads out there can probably attest to that first year. This is extremely hard trying to, to navigate through this new normal and what is your new normal and what does it look like and what what's acceptable and what isn't and what works and what doesn't and all the advice I'm sure you received from other married folks and other divorced folks and uh, you know, and still try to, to maintain what's true for you. So um, you know, he'd be talking a little bit about uh, the struggles that he's been experiencing. So, if you'd like to join our conversation today, um, if you are divorced or not divorced, or if you're a phenomenal father, or if you have a phenomenal father in your life, devoted moms, he may be your spouse, he may be your your father, or your or your brother, or an uncle, or just a really good friend that has been um, a devoted father and phenomenal father to maybe your children. And um, we'd love to have you call in and um, share your experience um, or uh, just listen in and see if, you know, some of these experiences match, you know, what you're going through. So you can call in to 347-215-6138. Again, that's 347-215-6138. And, of course, you can always reach us online at sylviaglobal.com, at Twitter, Tasha and Regina, or even on Facebook at uh, Devoted Moms. Right. So. Hey, Tasha, you'll be happy to know that I finally set up a Twitter account that I actually kind of know how to use. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can now follow me at um, on Twitter. At <laughs> yes. I'm at Get Clear Skin, so I will find you and I will follow you. I know, and I keep getting these things where people are following me, and I I keep turning around, looking behind me, like, what does that mean? Okay, that was really goofy. I feel like she said, right? Right. That's me. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Um, Well, it looks like – go ahead. Go ahead. Just really quickly before we – it looks like we may have um, some of our guests on the um, waiting um mm-hmm. in the queue. Um, I just want to just quickly, next week we're really working on another interesting show on uh, talking with um some other devoted mothers who are working um with special challenges around with their children. And so children with special needs, particularly um there's lots of new information around attention deficit disorder um, and also attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Um and just special learning challenges and how some of the devoted moms have figured out how to navigate um the systems but also be supports and advocates for their um their own children. So if that is in case a story that is uh near and dear to you or um you'd like to know more about it, we'd love to have you on, on next week. We're gonna have a couple of have a, have some conversations around that. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there that next week we will be talking about, um, you know, devoted moms of children with special needs or, as I like to call them, that are specially abled. And so they are not right. disabled like that car on the side of the road. They are just differently abled. Um, and so we're going to figure out, how, you know, what that looks like and how we can support each other. Okay? Yes, we are. That, I think that's going to be a great show. I think it's going to be... Uh, very important um, to just shed more light and, like you said, the new information that's come out. I mean, some of the things that you were telling me, I you know, I had absolutely no clue. Um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. And, Regina, do you want to speak a little bit, too, about a future show that we want to do in a few weeks with um, moms around the world? Right, right, right. You know what? We're realizing, Devoted Moms, that we are um, being listened to and contacted from all over the place. And so we've had, you know, comments from Honduras to El Salvador to Norway um, to, don't forget, Bakersfield, California. (laughs) And so what what we'd like to do is we'd like to see if we have some devoted moms who are willing to be guests um, that may not be inside the continental United States. Um, And just kind of let's compare, like, what's it like to live um, abroad or um, in another culture other than America, um I know when i just I first found out that I was pregnant and then started looking at daycare and maternity mm-hmm. leave, that right. I started looking at places like Greenland and Iceland and Europe, and I was just like, I've got to move, I've gotta get a passport so I can spend more time with my baby um, yes. because we've got because you know society is really gonna support me on it. And so, if you happen to be in one of those lovely countries where your um, government or your system supports, um, you know, new mothers, even if whether it's through adoption or biological or, or through birth, um, and fathers, I think about Tony Blair, the Prime Minister of France, who could have taken paternity leave uh we really like for you to email us um or or, or come on, uh send us a note on Facebook. We'd love to have you on and just kind of pick your brain and see if we can compare notes and admiration of how different countries support um motherhood uh right. so again, if you want to tweet us or um do uh the uh facebook um would be a good way. How about also email tasha? Yeah, yeah. If, if you would like email, email? So, um yeah, email us um at devoted mom at yahoo dot com. great. Okay. okay. And so I think we actually might have um two guests on hold. So I think the first one is uh four one four one oh. Is that uh is that Tiger? Is that Andrew? Uh no, that's gonna that's, that's a that's a Baltimore listener. So I'm that's a Baltimore here. Okay, so that's just a that's a listener. Cool, hi Baltimore oh, listener. Okay. okay, so then four hundred four is out. um <laughs> yes is uh William. So I'm gonna go oh. ahead and patch William in. Okay. Hey William. Hello ladies. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you?
2: I am doing well. How about yourself?
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for agreeing to do the show with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Uh, It is an honor and my pleasure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: You know what? I have to um, make a full disclosure. Uh, We did talk about uh, Dewan, who's going to join us later, um, being a Tuskegee grad. Well, William and I go way back. We. we are both products of the pride of the swift growing South known as To Alabama, <laughs> and we actually went to elementary school together um and so uh, as we have become adults, uh you know some time left, but Lord, we've got to love Facebook um we reconnected and uh, just found out how some similarities and some differences around um, our own experiences, particularly around parenting. So, William, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, you know, I'm willing to, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about you, and I do think you are a phenomenal father because you put so much extra effort in, um, in, you know, just being there for your children um, and being very active. And so uh, if you had to make your own introduction, who are you and what kind of father are you? Well, uh,
2: I am a um, divorced father, too. I uh, have been active in my kids' lives uh, shortly after they were born. Uh, both my children are adopted. Um, and we were in the hospital when both of them actually sort of joined the world. Uh Wow. We are uh, an atypical family in that we have a very close relationship with the birth parents uh, of uh, of my daughter. My son's birth parents are also connected, but they're uh, 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 they're uh, uh, not located in Georgia. And the reason I share that is that the birth mom and birth father of my daughter regularly see her so they okay. are part of her life uh she knows who they are since uh day one and uh we have a you know that's uh that's a that's probably as open adoption as some people are willing to get um mm. uh, you know like the, the yeah. kids have spent the wait, night wait. over
1: yeah William. you remember I, well when i talked with william a little bit earlier uh you know we talked about we actually have done a show on adoption that was mm-hmm. um, really focused on the mother's perspective, and so it's great that you can bring in um the father's perspective
2: yeah i mean it it's 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 a wonderful thing, a wonderful journey uh I think prior to that um, uh being adopted myself but within my family. I was always very open to that. I was adopted by my, you know, uh, paternal grandparents. Uh, So for me, it was okay and probably something I had even thought about doing at one point in the future anyway, even if I could have biological children. Um, uh, But uh, me and my wife at the time uh, experienced some difficulty and we it didn't take us long to sort of say you know let's try adoption and shortly thereafter uh my daughter uh uh came into our lives and a few years after that uh my son came into my life um it is a uh it is a has been a fantastic journey and although it's taken some turns that none that i neither planned nor uh uh foresaw uh it's a journey that i would not trade for anything in the world so hmm. uh, hey, wow you, that's how, a great what are the ages of your children
1: um
2: my daughter is a tween so she's in middle <laughs> school and my son is in uh elementary school so they're about three to three years apart wow. um and what's interesting is you brought up adhd you know that has recently come up as possibly a challenge for my son uh and you know sort of a dealing with that as well and part i think you know as as uh you get through that year and of of that you know that first year of official divorce uh, usually people are separated before that time um as you get through that first year of challenges. It's really trying to figure out how you guys are going to work together on the kids, and fortunately, the one thing I would say that me and my uh, ex-wife agree on is typically how to do things with and or around the kids. Uh, There are some disagreements. We usually figure out a diplomatic way to resolve it, but we do try to uh, make sure that if, that they are the focus of the discussion and if there are issues between uh, or differences between she and I that we try to work that out without them being a part of that discussion.
1: Okay. Wow, that's got to be a phenomenal feat. Right. <laughs> that's phenomenal in itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is the trend. Uh, and so what would you, you know, this is an opportunity for particularly you know we think about devoted moms listening in um and maybe some moms who are going through um you know the, and, it's, and it's the loss the grief of a marriage is not gonna work um any longer, however, there is you know the great what I call my girls are souvenirs from from my marriage i mean and, and I'm very grateful for that. And so as, you know, as we, you know, as, a, as couples separate, there uh, are emotions and things that are going on with uh, children. And so, you know, what would you like to, what, you know, in hindsight, what would you, you know, like to share that um, with those devoted moms that are kind of going through that, that, that hard time, that first year?
2: Um, well, I think, the first year is, is is grieving to some degree um, of, of the loss of the relationship and the loss of the family it's one of those things of where uh you know those cousins aren't cousins anymore and you know it's 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 for me it was uh, uh it, you know and for my ex was the the realization that you know you don't Necessarily divide up friends and family, but they kind of end up divided up anyway. So uh, um, um, that was part of the challenge: is how do you interact with extended family members of your former spouse? Uh, you know, yeah. that's a, that's you know, you don't think about that as you go through it, but you know, if you had a close relationship with any member in that of of, of the of the, you know, your a former spouse or soon to be former spouse uh, That changes um, And I think it's sort of learning How to navigate all of those Other uh, Things while You're grieving And mm-hmm. trying to be uh, A Trying to make sure That the sh- sands Under your kids feet Don't shift And Violently as they can and and I say that specifically was that as I began to sort of uh go through the different phases of grieving um I like to look things up and try to get a handle on what might be happening or what might be uh uh occurring in the in the lives of of my kids and i and um there was you know and, and there, there are plenty of sites and it sort of goes helps. Parents out there sort of look at both moms and dads, and I and, and I, and, I and, and you know I, I'm, I I always lean a little heavy on the dad side because I think we need a little bit more to knock in the head every now and then to really sort of get it. Okay, well, you, uh, you
1: said that we didn't. Oh yeah,
2: no, I mean I mean it's true because and we agree. You know, it, you know we're conditioned to be stoic and not. Show a lot of emotion Even when we're hurting and, and stuff like that So it can send A confusing message To a lot of people Where you are In the process Because you're trying mm-hmm. To show that you're tough You're hard You know, you know You're know, you mm-hmm. a man can you know uh, uh, You know I, I, I got this I got this Under control uh, But you know You're just as a, a mess As everybody else That goes through it um, Wow But Thanks for you your know, one,
1: honesty On that
2: Um Uh, No problem And and one thing I remember reading was And and I just want to share this story Was that one of the things that the kids go through Is that they have no home Because once Mm the family Isn't together anymore They're spending time At different addresses And you know my situation We The reason we weren't together Had nothing to do with the kids So we were very The uh, Throughout our entire relationship, when it came down to them, we were fairly in sync almost all the time. We Our relationship ended for reasons outside of our children. And so we were able to really sort of in the beginning share time. So we started co-parenting as best we could uh, while we're dealing with the pain and, and, and the adjustments. Um, but during that period, kids often feel that they have no – where do they fit? Where is their place? Because they've been in a family that is a unit, uh, you know, a, 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 a you know a combined front, if you will, and that is basically ripped in half. And so right. they often get lost in that. And I remember in the car one day, I picked the kids up from after school, and uh, you know my son saying something and my daughter correcting him, saying that, well, we don't have a home. And that was something that was specifically said in what I read about how kids react to to uh, parents, you know, going through a divorce and how it impacts them. And I assured them that they had a home. I communicated that with their mother, and we worked through that, uh, you know, I stayed in the family home. She moved out, and that until she stabilized and found a, a more permanent home, that this would be sort of their center, uh, you know, their base of operations. Even though they had another base, this would be the center base until there was another stable center base or a stable base of operations. So now they have two bases of operations. Um, but, you know, as you're dealing with the pain, um it, it 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 helps to look for information that can help you understand how the kids are going through it so that you right. can begin to address those things and there's a you know, and, and, and kids might not verbalize it, they don't know how. All they know is that the world they knew isn't the world that they are going to be in anymore. You, you know ideally uh, mm-hmm. it isn't until that other person gets into another relationship that they begin to let go of that dream about you I, you know kids will always think you're going to get back together um, um, um depending on their age uh but um most kids will and um you know it's 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 trying to help the the and I just use shifting sands because that's a good way to do it because the ground on them that they thought was solid isn't solid anymore.
1: Right. Uh-huh. And,
2: and now they have to sort of figure it out. And as a parent, both as a dad and a mom, regardless of whether you're, you know, the parents were married or they had a relationship and the, the child is a part of it, it's helping that child, trying to do your best to make sure that the sands don't shift in that you can eventually transition them to something that's more solid. And that could be, as I said, two bases of operations. Mm-hmm. Um and that can work. You know, uh I, as I said, I co parent, but I know dads who, you know, weekends or every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I we I talk with them because a lot of them actually want to be more involved and you know, are trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, but uh, but um, you know it's it, it's helping that shifting sands, and okay. uh, uh, you know they just sort of go through it. And for moms to understand that, you know, the dads are hurting too, but we are not. You know, you you know, women are more of the empath in the relationship. That means they are more they sense emotion better or you know or willingly share emotion uh-huh. uh, doesn't mean they're emotional it just means that typically they'll like kind of let you know what's going on right uh, And whereas men we're just normally caught in this you know um, man box and I'm borrowing something from from a, from a gentleman I heard to a TED talk uh, of where we don't show it and especially in front of our kids I think that's that's where where we're deficient, but regardless of how it ended, everyone's hurting.
1: Right, that's and a good um, point. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And I think I know when I was um, I have a couple friends that have been through it, and I know my one of my girlfriends, you know, was going through the process in her head. Um, on how it's going to look and all the different changes and and what it's going to do. And then her and her husband started talking about the divorce. And so there was this whole kind of process that they went through together before the kids were even involved. And Mm -hmm. so by the time they told their kids, they had almost moved on and were ready to start their new life. And I think, you know, forgot that this is shifting, like you said, the the ground under their kids. And it was very, very new um, and shocking for them. Um, so I think that was very, very poignant by you saying that everybody's hurting in this situation, um, you know, and having to navigate through that isn't 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 easy. It, I don't think it's ever easy. Um, so well, I really like how you've been there for your kids to just help them get through this.
2: And, you know, yeah. and I would add that even though the adults, you know, what I tell my kids now is that, you know, this week mama and daddy aren't getting along, but guess what? That's between us. <laughs> So me and
1: Mama will yeah. figure it out. You know, uh, I remember my back. kids. My kids used to actually say, "We know you both love us, and you know, and that's what's most important. That you're both, <laughs> you know, still love us and are going to take good care of us." And they would say it in such a way, like, "You know, but that's You've not heard good it enough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not yeah. Really good enough. Can you come up with something new? And you know, really, you said something about kids wanting. Um, Especially in early childhood, thinking that their kids, are, their parents are going to get back together. I know people who are in their forties who are still, <laughs> still, still waiting old, for their parents. <laughs> that their parents will get back together, and the strange thing wow. about it is sometimes that does happen. And oh. it, so it throws off, you know, your your whole your, your, like oh. that's never going to happen until there's snowballs in other well.
2: places. I think I've mean it in the way of you don't want to instill uh, um premature hope because after you go through something painful, it's often really hard to be anywhere near that other person for a while
1: yeah
2: so you know, it's like with kids we've never i've never said that me and their mom will never ever 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 get back together, but you know as she's moved on and established another relationship, those types of those sort of hopes get damped, dampened a mm-hmm. little bit, um and we I'm you know my son's sort of going through that right now because he's having some challenges with seeing that on the horizon and not being you know overly enthused about
1: mm-hmm. it but
2: mm-hmm. you know my daughter the other day you know a couple of weeks ago you know she just she gave you know she's giving me cues on her tacit approval for me to go date. So it's been, it's been interesting, you know. She'll say, "Oh, well, you're gonna find somebody." I mean, I, I, she'd never say said that in the last, in the last three to four years. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now it's like, "Oh, wow. you know, it's start you know, you know, what are you doing this weekend?" <laughs> you know, <that> <laughs> uh-huh. like, you know, do you have a date? I, I'm expecting her one day to just start, just sort of, "So, are you seeing anybody? You know, uh-huh. is there anything?" I need to be aware of, you know, uh-huh. I have to probably say I get final approval of anybody, that type of thing. But I didn't mean to say that it was not a possibility. But I think when they're young, you know, they they just have, you know, it, it's temporary. No, I right. totally
1: agree with you. I mean, I really agree. And I think that's where, like, having to be very honest. Um, yeah. With your with your children, but also you know letting them know that there are marriages that last, you know, for the long haul, and there's ups and downs in all relationships, and it doesn't. I you know I've heard my children tell children whose parents are going through divorces now how um, you know they're they're almost like you know priming them for well this is how this kind of goes, and you know your mom and dad even though they're laughing together they're not getting back together. <laughs> it's kind of like being that, you know, that um, that honesty that, you know, breaks our heart, but it's the truth. And I agree with you, William. I think that we do have to talk about we have to stay in the present um, because then it gets very confusing to them for the future. Um, Natasha, have we been drawn by any of our other guests? I certainly don't want to um uh, not allow some other voices to come to the table as we're having this really interesting conversation. Right. Yes, actually, uh, we do. We have um, Dewan is holding, so I'm going to let him in now, and he's calling from Memphis. Hey, Dewan, you there? I am here. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Regina and um, William, this is Dewan, a fellow Tuskegee graduate, uh, on the line with us. Uh, hey, yeah. Dewan. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Um I've been listening for the last 30 minutes and I applaud William um, in a lot of ways because at some point in time um, you have to be able to articulate exactly what's going on. Um, now, I will say that I do realize there are some cultural differences. And y'all got to excuse me because it's storming here in Memphis, so I'm in my car. <laughs> um, no. so, okay. Uh, we got like a monsoon going on, going on right now. But <laughs>
2: oh, wow.
0: I hope you're pulling over. Oh no, no. no I'm yeah, good. You're I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to pull over here now. Um, well, the, the main thing I want to say, though, I, I hear I'm torn. Let me just give you my background. I, Josh um, has known me for years. I mean, I can say, what, 15, 16 years, I guess. Yeah. But um, the the reality is, uh, and Tasha knows, I, I'm a family person. I, and, I, and listening to William, what family means to different people is just that it's different. Mm. So um, I think in this new millennium, in this 21st century we have, um, because we have so many different situations of marriage and co-parenting, cohabitation, all that type of stuff, that as resilient as we say our children are we really don't know until future generations so i okay. think we prime ourselves by saying that cuz as, as as human beings especially as western western civilization human beings we want to make ourselves feel better and and right. i preface with <laughs> i want to preface that i preface with that because by divorce was something i did not want um at mm-hmm. all and I'm married to a minister, Amy Minister, here in Memphis of a very prominent church. Um, we went through, and we were very serious about our faith. Uh, but it was a situation where I really respect her uh, coming ten years later. and saying, "Well, you know, I really never wanted to be married. Now, it was a pure insanity just to hear that. But going through the counseling, going through uh, the aftermath, going through everything, and realizing um, the self-doubt that you have as a spouse who... Is going through a divorce because you're wondering what, especially as men, what um, what you could could have done differently. I will say for William, it's different for black males because in this society uh, now, stoicism is not the norm. Actually, it is for most of our dads, those of us that grew up with our dads, like I did. But right now, I think we are, uh, and I say we collectively as men, African American men, where emotions are actually more time more than any other time in history. So the response uh that I get as a father who um who had to fight the court to get hundred and fifty four days to see his son out of three sixty five oh. when the average is hmm. sixty two in the state of Tennessee. So while wow. for, for, for most men who don't fight at all, um, it's the emotions are, are pretty heavy. Uh, right now our juvenile court system is under fire from the um uh, the Department of Justice, based on, you know, how men and, and and some women are being separated from their children in the court system. So I think my, my experience is a little bit different. I think uh, divorce uh, was like death. I've never died before. I'm talking to you guys now. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> divorce in itself was a, uh, for me, as a person who uh, actually really uh, prides himself on being a good husband, a good father. It's pretty tough. Right, um, right. And
1: right.
0: Yeah. so, you know, that's just my preface on the whole situation. Okay. Well,
1: and, and actually, I'm really, I'm really glad that you um, were so honest about that because I do think that as – I know that if someone told me, um, Duane, in my first year, um, just wait until this one year is over. <laughs> and, and you're going to look back, and this is not going to be nearly as um, – as daunting as it is now and when they said that i just wanted to slap them like no you don't understand right now i am i I need to know how to fix this now and you know i have two girls and so i know how important it is for girls to have their father and um for my particular situation um their father and it's interesting hearing william um it felt like he checked out and i think that it was in hindsight easier for me to believe that he was checking out versus protecting himself um and not wanting to show possibly the pain of the detachment. Right. right. Um, and, and so your heart starts to soften um you know as time as you move through time, um and you start to even say, hmm, what role did I play? Whereas in that first year when someone asked me that, you know, uh, a guy friend that I grew up with, said, well, you know, what do you think you did to contribute to it? And I was like, live it that you dare suggest. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had anything to do with this because I want, you know, I would have been in my marriage um, completely miserable just because I wanted to be there for my children and I believed in the commitment and, you know, you work through things. What I did is I didn't marry someone who, had that same experience or um, was able to pull that off. Gotcha. And at some point I had to forgive myself because I'm like, I should have seen that or I should have been more, um, you know, these were signs, you know, their parents, his parents were never married. He was a child of a teenage pregnancy and, you know, all the things that could pathologic you know, you know, kind of say you should have seen this coming. Um, right. But I didn't. And so it's really helpful to hear from our phenomenal fathers that, you know, we as as women need to maybe rethink how we're interpreting um, some of the actions. And, you know, I just, I I, I do want to tell you it it is, it is so hard on both sides. And so then in the midst of this are these little people who are trying to figure out, now, where is it that I belong in this? And if, mommy could stop loving daddy, does that mean that mommy or daddy can stop loving me too? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a question they ask themselves.
0: The thing is, Regina, what's, what's interesting is I'm a person who is, I just despise some cliches. And so when I was approached with that same cliche of the year, the interesting thing about that hmm. was I was like, on one hand, you're telling me that but you know that in 12 months I'm going to magically heal. You're totally disregarding the the foundation of how we get met, how the marriage went, what happened in the marriage. You know, so to, to magically say that, okay, people over 40 who've been married 40 years have had a, a fruitful marriage, you know, you're discounting that in the same breath of someone who's only been married six months and says, you know what, this is not going to work. I mean, there's an epiphany sometimes when you realize you may have made a mistake now. And saying that there are plenty of couples who, you know what, this person, I still want to work it out. And I agree with you, the foundation of who you are and, and how your parents were dictates a lot of that. I uh, mm-hmm. listened to, listen to William talk about um, just co-parenting. And I had, we had a discussion in my mentoring group about that term. And, you know, I'm still one of the people who will not put the co in front of it because I will forever be a parent. Um, and and how we interact with one another, honestly, your child really dictates that to a, to a large degree. Because I did hear him say, you know, there are times where, you know, mom and dad's not alone. Whether you're married or unmarried, that still exists. So your children mm-hmm. will not magically say, you know what, because mom and daddy are together, that I'm going to process it differently. To be honest with you, when you have those two bases of operations, unless you're going back and forth, you really don't know how they're processing that. I mean, right now as adults, if you were to tell me, look, okay, for this weekend, I want you to stay here, <laughs> and this week, this next weekend, you're forced to live here, how would that make you feel as an adult?
1: And, and, and so we were
0: having this conversation in our mentoring group, and then so people really started to tear down the walls and say, you know what, we really don't know. We can really just try to work well with our spouses, our former spouses, on every level, and and try to be that foundation that we can. But the problem is, we allow people, some who've never been married, some who've never been divorced, some who have, who had terrible situations, really shape our situation, and unfortunately, the children suffer. I have a seven-year-old boy, um, and you know, it's funny about the year. Right now, we're in the Lenten season. Uh, Like I said, I was married to a minister, and we got divorced Easter weekend, 2012. So this whole process, I was going through counseling and everything else. We were still living together, did not separate, uh, divorced Monday, Thursday, went through Easter weekend in the same house, and then the next Tuesday I left. So imagine explaining to a 7-year-old the entire time. I mean, I had been served papers a year prior I uh, went through all types of counseling. You can imagine I went through personal counseling. I went through uh, clinical counseling for depression. I went mm-hmm. through – I was determined not to be the reason. There was no infidelity. There was no abuse on my end um, or no hurters, uh to my knowledge. But the reality was if you don't want to stay married, you're not going to stay married. So that was the thing right. that it took me a while to deal with. But once it was done, it was done. So now people tell me, oh, man, I'm surprised, you know, you are the way you are after it's not been a year yet. I said, well, you know what, if you can tell me how you're going to be this time, this I mean this month, this date, a year from now, then I'll give you a million dollars. <laughs> because <Yeah>. nobody <laughs> So it's just one of those things that I really appreciate William really sharing from a guy's perspective, I think it's mm-hmm. just a tad bit different in different cultures um, because stoicism, being stoic, people expect Juan Hendricks to have an answer all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was fighting that because as a mentor, as a person who speaks to the public mm-hmm. and, 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 and I'm a consultant, for me not to have the answer in my own marriage and for me to not have the answer on how to be a divorced father
1: mm-hmm. was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, right.
0: So I really applaud William in, in the sense of, okay, at least dude was trying <laughs> to actually come up with so, so a situation where, okay, well, well, let me work this out. And plus he has older children, so it may be a little bit different as well. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Right now I have – we have several college classmates who, um, you know, they, they are not handling it the same way that I am. Um, and, and they told me, it's like, you know, man, you really – I said, well, I'm being a parent first. I mean, that's the one thing I did not lose. I lost everything, every asset, tangible asset, I lost because I had told the judge, I just want custody of my child. And
1: mm-hmm. they said,
0: and I quote, Are you prepared to lose everything you own now and in the future? I said, Well, I will not lose my dignity and I won't lose my child. Now, hindsight's 2020. I think I was a little uh, over the top, Dennis Washington, with that dr- drama. But the reality is, (laughs) (laughs) but the sheer reality was I really meant that because, you know, I cannot hate his mother and love him. So I need to have him as much as possible to show him and teach him how he needs to be. I mean, she came from a broken home. She came from where, you know, in 25 years she hadn't seen her dad. and, And once we got married, that was the time she had seen him, you know, where they actually laid eyes on one another. In 25 yeah. years. So, at a, you know, and she's older than me. So it's one of those things where I did not want our son to grow up in that situation. Okay. Uh, but yet, you know, here's where we are. Now, as far as mm-hmm. William and it made a comment about false hope, children always have it. And I'll just share a quick story. My parents divorced my freshman year at TuffP. A lot of people don't know about that. So a part of my therapy on, I was the jokester. I was the person that made everybody happy and everything else, but I could not understand how after 22 years of marriage, these people would just quit, okay? so, And I vowed that I will never be that husband, because later on I saw how my dad, the mistakes that he made, you know, that that he he comes from the generation of stoic behavior, of not plugging in, you dialing out too much, you're not plugging into your your, your, uh, spouse. Conversely, I think now, because so many men in my age group i'm thirty eight were raised in single parent homes by their mom, they have emotional um responses that men of yesteryear do not have so mm-hmm. it's a little bit it's interesting it's, it, it it's a because when we mentor we have something called Blue Eagles here in Memphis, and we mentor the, the young men six to, uh, sixteen and then we have another mentoring group called Brothers, uh Brothers radically ushering in his spirit. Uh, when we talk to young boys in 13, 15. And it's a drastic difference, yeah. not only in the, the young boys who were not raised by mom and dad, but the mentors of the young boys. It's right. amazing how we had to have a separate meeting amongst ourselves because the way we look at, at, at how we need to interact was totally different. I feel that you should always, for the for the purpose of the child, have a positive on-surface relationship with the spouse, with the ex-spouse or the mother, okay? Well, the the we had something called when keeping it real is wrong. We have all these people that, say, well, they need to know the truth. I'm sorry, an 11-year-old child does not need to know what happened with you and your mom in college, his mom in college. He does not need to know that. I mean, that's something that that just needs to be, you know, totally out of the situation. Uh, Your mom, that's mom and your dad, and it was hard to tell other guys that your children look at you in the way that they do. Why damage that? Uh, Now, if the spouse is misbehaving, trust that that spouse will show themselves or ex-spouse will show themselves to the Uh, child. You don't need to help. You don't need to help that.
1: Well, mom, I think the other—I think one of the things I know, um, as I devoted moms are listening, and I want to um, just say a special, my namesake uh, in Maryland is listening, um, who is also a mom who um, has experienced a divorce and has two phenomenal children, um, one of which is one of my favorite young boys in the world, um, and so I just want to thank her for tuning in. Um, you know, it's interesting because I do think the further out you are from the experience, the initial shock of it, that yeah. you continuously um, are uh, shifting and responding and then actually initiating um, how how you think or how you believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I know that I experienced that because, you know, again, my disappointment was also seen. I would see my disappointment on the faces of my girl. Um, and I really applaud you for really, um, fighting for what should have been a natural right of yours to have equal access, um, to, you know, your children. Um, people used to tell me because my girls were two and three when their father, in my eyes, decided that he didn't want to be a husband anymore and really wasn't that too sure if he was going to be, it wasn't very, as obvious. That he wanted to be a um, a father, and it mm. was and, and so I started operating a lot differently because it was on behalf of them that I knew it was important um, that he have some that that they not look at me one day and say, "Mommy, why didn't you you know why didn't you allow him access to us or um, you know why didn't you you know what did you do to try to help my dad be there." Um, or what did you do to prevent him from being here? Right. And so yeah. um, I think that, you know, that you know fathers and mothers who are not in the same household,
0: whether you want to call it,
1: co-parenting, I think that that's just the easier um, phrase of the time because it kind of talks about, you know, that you are working things out differently than the traditional family of everyone being under the same house. I mean, just simple things like... I would to run out to 7 Eleven and grab, you know, some dishwashing liquid. Um, I'll be right back. Well, you can't do that when you are a single parent. Yeah. You pile them yeah. in yeah. the car. You pile them in the car. And, you know, I'm just now at the point where I'm, like, testing and teaching my children the amount of independence that um, children of divorced families have um, or are. Um, are skilled with is just phenomenal to me because I came from a two-parent household where we right. used to wish for my parents to be divorced, to be honest with you. Because um, we were, wow. you know, up, we're on this, like saying, I'm going with daddy, where are you going? <laughs> um, right, right. But for my girls, they have, they they are learned very early that we are a unit and that um, dad is a part of that unit. But, you know, things do operate differently in two different locations. Yep. And so we just left the dentist, um, and there were no cavities. And so the dentist asked, you know, do they, they don't do much soda, do they? And I, and I kind of laughed, as I said. And I looked at my daughter, and she was like, well, we do, we do soda at daddy's house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know that at my house, I have to push carrots and apples. Not that he doesn't do fruit and things, but, you know, his He has the right to decide whether they can have Coca Cola. Now, if we were in the same house, I think that that would have been a major discussion um, because, you know, I didn't grow up drinking sodas. It was a special occasion. Soda, Kool Aid was like dessert in my family. And that's not everybody's experience. And so you have to navigate and negotiate um, in the same house differently where, you know, when I wanted to get a relaxer put in my daughter's hair, I didn't call and ask, my uh, my you know, their father. Some people probably said I should have, but I didn't. <laughs> because but see, that's, that's where I, yeah. that's
0: where just listening to that is the, is the, the humor. if, if and I know it sounds crazy to say that there's humor, but that's the humor that you have to deal with because it's unconscionable to me. Okay, when well, you're in the same house. Uh, it's almost like, well, because you're in the same house, then we have to share things. So it's solely, and I know you're not saying this, but I hear people, it's almost as if it's solely based on whether or not mom and daddy are right there. But reality is you still didn't grow up drinking sodas. <laughs> so you still didn't like mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. And that was a funny thing with my ex-wife was I was like, Bree, I was like, honestly, you know, again, when we were together in the same house, you didn't do this, so she was shocked that I would still hold on to what she, the rules that she had when he was with me. When he's with me, I okay. said, "There's continuity in Mama and Daddy." I mean, I have friends who are um, uh, homosexual, and they have, you know, two dads, and they're raising a son or whatever. But even then, it's funny. let talking to them. They were like, "Well, this is what my dad did. This is what my mom did." And so I was like, so there are roles in, in, that are, you know, there and because they're two separate people that that one child says, this is my mommy, this is my daddy. Even if I have two moms, two dads, there's still roles there that I embrace because mm-hmm. they're the first human beings that I know. And so it's, right. it's funny how with my dad, I mean, with, with my son, he's like, uh, my, my, my my dad, his grandfather, he was like, uh, well, grandson, um now, what's that television show? And he said, well, dad, uh, Granddad, that's are very fairly odd parents. Uh-huh. You know, I hate Okay. And so he said, well, does your daddy allow you to watch that? He said, well, now, that's interesting, Granddad. Now, he's seven. He just said it's a fast <laughs> I got one of those. And he <laughs> said, and he said, and, and, and Tasha will, will back this up, because I post when this, this guy does stuff on Facebook. Right. This guy says, my dad told me, he says, that's interesting, you know, because then Daddy, when Daddy's here, then I can't really watch it. But when he's not here, that's okay. But then when I'm with Mommy and Daddy's not around, I have to really ask Daddy. And he went through this whole long deal. And <laughs> I was, what did you say, Daddy? He was like, uh, I was just amazed that he used the word interesting. So it was just one of those things where so when I talked to him,
1: mm-hmm. I said,
0: I said, fairly odd parents. Does Mommy and Daddy let you watch that? He said, well, now Mommy and Daddy did not let me watch it, but Mommy will let me, and then Daddy won't let me.
2: Oh, yeah. So in his mind,
0: it was amazing because it was just amazing, and he said it with just ease because Mm -hmm. he he figured out, he said, well, when y'all together, y'all are a a unified front, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and 9 out of 10, it's going to be Daddy saying no, okay? When you're apart, mama's gonna say yes, daddy still probably say no. <laughs> so interesting. He, he figured well, out, you know, the role regardless, even in divorce. And I was like right. and so I but here's here's the thing that I want other dads to understand. When you have a situation like this, call the mother and say, Hey, guess what just happened? And just have that conversation and you will find that even though you and your spouse may not be on good terms, there may be some joint humor in because you both are parents. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, And it's right. just
0: the, the reality of just saying, and we actually, I mean, we don't get along, but it was just we laughed about that, mm-hmm. and we figured out, and we made, um, you know, a situation where we were like, you know what, well, what do you think? Well, I think about this. And just laughter, the humanity of okay. our child
1: mm-hmm. allowed
0: us, and will we'll probably heal us later on. I'm pretty sure it will. But right. he's already made up his, his mind. When I see mama and daddy together, I already know there's a level of things that mm-hmm. I'm able to do. And that he's not even gonna
1: try. Right. Right. Wow. <laughs> which cry, which talks to not so much as resilience, but it talks to adaptability. It also talks to um my daughter told a little told me the other day that um Maybe our role is to teach them how to uh, act when someone else other than their parents are taking care of them. Because I think that children um, whose parents are divorced, they, you know, you do have to build a support system of, you know, just in case mommy doesn't make it to the bus stop, you know, this is what we do. Um, Just, you know, it really is a lot more troubleshooting. And to me, it's the communicating. You know, my daughter said to me the other day, I really don't like it that you and Dad are divorced. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, and and I said, you know, I could imagine this does suck. And so, you know, if there was any anything that you, we could have done, you know, we really would have, you know, but we've got to figure out how to make this work. And so, by her being able to express it, by me validating, and yes, I use the word "suck" because it does. Suck.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I think that we have to be
1: very honest You know, I don't I My kids saw me um, Cry
0: they, um,
1: they understood That I felt like my heart had been broken Now yeah. What they also understood is that um, People make choices And people make mistakes And that we um, Just like our God forgives us That we are to forgive each other and, and 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 so we talk we talked a lot. I didn't realize how much we talked. Um, even if it was on a commute home, um, it yeah. would just come out of nowhere. Like some just you know, just like slam, like, um, I'm never getting married because when you get married you get divorced. And you're like, Wait, wait, um, no, no, no. Um, so I think some of the you know, some of the, the talking that you are forced to do I know I never did it with my parents because they talked to each other and we just kind of responded to what they came up with.
2: Right. right. We have
1: uh, exactly 10 seconds left. This conversation has been amazing, but we are getting ready to go off the air. So I wanted to thank our phenomenal fathers. Um, This is, by far, one of my favorite shows to do. So, thank you, Mr. William, and thank you, Mr. Dewan, and Regina. I will see you on the other side. I'll see you. God bless you, brothers. And Bye, guys. Keep at it. God is good. Bye. Okay.
2: Appreciate that.